Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Upside Swings podcast. I am not your host, Bryce Hendricks, but I am Stun Hansen filling in for him. Um, we're here today with uh, CT, um, who covers the Denver Nuggets in depth, uh, as well as other draft things. Uh, you could find his work. Uh, with Crown Hoops, uh, and you can follow him at ctfazio24 on Twitter. Um, we've had a long history together. We've known each other for a long time. I uh, really enjoy talking with him and excited to have him back on. Uh, how you doing, CT? Hey, it's Don. Thanks for having me on, Cooper, as well. Um, I know this is becoming like a yearly a yearly thing now, the yearly <laughs> tradition with, uh, with the, um, the podcast. So uh, thanks for having me on. Always great talking to you guys. And um, yeah, it's come about that time again, draft season coming up. And, uh, you know, I know the Nuggets are in the finals, but always looking forward to, um, you know, discussing the draft and and uh, seeing who else they could add to the roster. So, um, you know, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, As much as I hated the Lakers losing, and we'll talk about it, but um, and now I'm like, fully into the draft i'm like i don't i don't even care anymore i'm just focused on the draft so i'm excited to shift uh perspectives uh but first how you doing cooper uh, i'm doing well sorry if i sound garbage compared to how i normally sound uh my mic decided to completely shit the bed like literally two minutes before we started recording um, but uh, i you know i'm excited to talk this is you know my first time meeting ct we talk all you know pretty often but you know being able to talk face to face and uh, about such an interesting team that is like so set, but you know, there's always room for improvement. How do you improve the team that looks like genuinely like the best team in the NBA bar none right now from like a, a roster construction standpoint, it's, it's a really fun problem to tackle. I, I mean, it's a really good problem, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So we'll just segue right into that because uh, the Nuggets obviously have had an extremely successful season. Uh, they just swept the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. They're headed to the finals to most likely play the Miami Heat. Um, how how have you seen their season uh, thus far and how do you see uh, moving forward into that finals? How do you see that going? Yeah, no, um, I think uh, – and for anybody who didn't uh, tune in, we, me and Stone actually did a couple uh, – previews for the uh, Western Conference Finals because um, Stone was covering the Lakers. So if you guys didn't tune into those, definitely check those out. Um, yeah, the finals preview for me, I think, you know, assuming they play the Miami Heat, I think it's going to be a really good, really good series. Um, you know, it's not – if the Celtics make it, I think that would be great too, but it's not going to be, you know, that, uh, you know, that marquee matchup that all of the, the people are clamoring for. But I think the basketball-wise, I think it's going to be really fun. Um, the Miami Heat are playing some great basketball right now. Uh, Jimmy Boulder's on a tear. Him and Jokic, to me, are arguably two of the best playoff performers right now. And then Jamal Murray, you could probably put in that top three as well. Um, so I think it'd be a really, really fun series. Um, two contrasting style, uh, styles, too. Um, you know, the Nuggets obviously have a really high-powered offense. And, um, you know, the Heat are led by, by Jimmy Butler. And uh, Bam Adebayo's been playing really well, as, you know, too. Um, you know, the Heat have Tyler Hero out. But I think they've made up for that in a lot of different ways, you know, playing – uh, various shooters, you know, like Max uh, Struess, um, you know, Duncan Robinson, who is basically 
you know, been dusted off the bench for the first time in a while. Um, and again, I think the Nuggets team is just, you know, this has been a, a couple of years in the making now. Uh, Jamal Murray's injury kind of derailed the plans for two years. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was out last year as well. Um, I think the Nuggets finally got a team this year where they added a KCP. They added Bruce Brown. They added Christian Brown, who's been, you know, through the first two rounds of the playoffs, played really well. Somebody we actually talked about last year on the podcast, funny, funnily enough. Um, so I think it'd be a really good final, especially from a, like a basketball perspective, as, you know, as far as like the actual gameplay instead of like the storylines. I think it'd be, be really entertaining. I think it would be pretty competitive as well. Um, so looking forward to whoever the Nuggets play, but um, looking like the Heat right now, but I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, and we could get into all the, you know, people can concerned about ratings and stuff for minor markets but at the end of the day the nuggets are the most fun and best basketball team probably in the league right now and the heat are really fun and good too so i don't really think that there's much validity behind that but we'll move on um as far as the building blocks like who do you think with this nuggets team you know obviously Jokic, but um who who do you think is really like solidified with this team that, that you don't think they're going to be looking to move at all um, at this point, it seems like, you know, pretty much every guy that's getting rotation minutes in the playoffs, but, uh, is there anyone you think that is, um, that the Nuggets would use as like a package to, you know, maybe slightly improve the roster or anything? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, you know, if the Nuggets win the title, uh, hopefully I think they're, they're inclined to run it back again. Um, you don't want to, you know, mess up anything that, that works so well, um, the one guy maybe I could see them trying to package, maybe a young player. They really want like a veteran. So maybe like a, a Peyton Watson or um, I, I can't foresee them trading Christian Brown because he's pretty important to their rotation this year. But maybe a young player they can include in a package for like a ready-made veteran if they, um, you know, don't win the finals. Um, so that would be the only thing that I would see. But I, I actually really think Peyton Watson is going to be someone who's going to play next year as well. Um, you don't want too many rookies in your rotation if you're, you know, a veteran contending team, but he really, you know, came on at the end of the year, um, you know, displaying switchable defense, uh, someone who's a lengthy wing, you know, obviously I think his defense is ahead of his offense right now, but I'll probably say, you yeah, maybe one of the young guys, um, if you can include it in a trade. Cause I just think for me personally, I think, uh, the big four of, of Murray, Jokic, Porter Jr. And Gordon, as long as they're on the roster, I, I'm pretty confident that they could contend. Uh, for as long as Jokic is in a is in a Nuggets jersey, so I'm just so high on those four players, uh, you know, and their cohesion together, and finally getting that experience, you know, playing together after, you know, like I mentioned before, Jamal going out for two years, and MPJ was out last year. I just think those guys have just great synergy, and their skill sets really complement each other too. Um, so I can't see them breaking it up unless something, you know, goes horribly wrong in the finals, but. Um, you know, we'll see it come June 1st. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, there's other guys too, like maybe Jeff Green and if he doesn't retire or something and Zignaji, like there's other guys on the, yeah. on the fringes, um, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I think like for the most part, they're starting five and, and guys like Bruce Brown, Christian Brown are probably, you know, solidified as as staying there um, with the success that they've had. Um, I want to ask you really quick too about like any – Obviously, they have pick 40 um, in this uh, upcoming draft. Is there any minor, like, move up that you could see? Like, maybe they do throw in a Peyton Watson or a Zeke Naji because they really like someone at the end of the first or something. Uh, is there anything like that you see maybe happening? Or is that more far-fetched and you think they'll just stick with 40? Yeah, I think for now, 
Um, it's actually an interesting point. I know we've discussed it, um, you know, in the group chat and on the timeline as well. I think almost this year having pick 40 is basically like having another first round pick. Um, just, I think that in that range, I think there's a lot of talent, a lot of older players, which I think we spoke about last year. It's just um, the Nuggets finding older players who have somewhat of upside, but also skill sets that are pretty ready-made now to contribute. Um, you know, Christian Brown last year, somebody who I still think he has some untapped upside, but he had a skill set right away that you could plug and play. And through the first two rounds of the, of the playoffs, he was, he was really good. And against the Lakers, you know, he kind of tailed off a little bit, but I mean, having a rookie play in your rotation, you know, off the bat, I think it's an extremely impressive feat. Um, definitely something that he shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be, you know, ashamed of if he, you know, went out like that. Um, but I think he's going to have a better matchup in the finals as well if he plays. Um, yeah, I think the one guy who I think I would be inclined to trade up for would be um, maybe a guard because uh, Bruce Brown's free agency is up in the up in the air right now. And with the playoffs he's had, I, I think he's probably bound to get a higher offer more than what the Nuggets could give, you know, based on the fact that they have a pretty top-heavy roster with their top five guys, including KCP, just got an extension in the offseason as well. MPJ is on a max. Gordon is based on a near max as well. And then Murray's extension eligible this summer too, which is pretty impressive. Um, so I, honestly, I would offer him a max too. Um, the one guy who I think would make sense for the Nuggets uh, in that range, if they were to trade up, would be Colby Jones. Um, just for me, you know, I, I'm a big, big, big East watcher. Um, 38% from three on the year. Someone who's a little bit of an older player, um, you know, junior, 6'6". Six, six. Um, someone who's a little bit bulkier as well. The Nuggets kind of need I need a little bit of his playmaking, I think, and a little bit of his shooting too. And he's not the best athlete in the world, but for me, someone who's just a heady player and someone who, like, again, like a Christian Brown, is who could contribute right away to a winning situation. Um, and again, he's not going to be tasked with doing a lot of the work, but, um, you know, someone who could play, make a tiny bit, you know, could a decent shooter and has some size on the perimeter, I think would be an option if he were to go further up in the draft. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe he could be there at 42, but, um, you know, if he's not in the first round, then maybe, maybe he could be a straight-up option. Yeah, for sure. And you, uh, you're, you're lucky today that you got the two, uh, the two biggest Colby Jones supporters. Uh, Bryce hates him, but me and Cooper are, are huge Colby Jones fans. So, um, uh, Coop, I'll throw it to you. Who else would you think that you know maybe like the end of the first the nuggets might be interested in or would make some sense i would love to see them uh you know move up into that range and snag derek if he hit, starts I, free falling uh i was gonna I have no idea what his ranges right like it's like he could go like back end of the lottery at like 13 14 and it's like okay i see it he could fall to like 35 and i would be like well i guess he was injured a lot but I would love to see the Nuggets just like snag a guy who you know can play really well off ball, can shoot the piss out of the ball, can defend on and off the ball. Um, you know, if you bet on the athleticism coming back like at all, then he could be just a massive get for them here. Um, another guy in this range, I, I think I'm just going to, I don't know what his range is, but I have him kind of in this range is uh, Dayron Holmes. Uh, you know, a completely different look than, you know, the other two guys that we've talked about here, but just can bring real rim protection. You know, I think he could like almost emulate what they had with uh, Plumlee, where you could play him with Jokic if you really wanted to just go massive and have him. He was like 
the second best dunker in all of college basketball, I think was uh, the stat. And I think he's got a little bit of a face-up game, at least from the perimeter. I don't know if he's going to shoot, but just add some defense, add some size, uh, you know, add a real backup center that I just don't think they have. And I think Holmes can like do stuff on his own. You know, he doesn't need Jokic there. And I think that you want to draft guys who can like actually do stuff on this team. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, being a Lakers fan, I really like Thomas Bryant, but he's definitely an offensive oriented backup. Um, watching the Lakers Nuggets series, like obviously the, the Nuggets are pretty solid, like in every aspect. The one thing um, that I thought they could improve on would be rim protection, if anything. Um, just because I thought, you know, AD, uh, sort of had his way, obviously he missed a lot of shots, but, uh, he had a lot of open shots, um, near the rim. And I think that the nuggets, that's like one thing they could maybe improve on with like a backup center is just like a, a backup rim protector, uh, just to give yourself more options because obviously Thomas Bryant brings it on the offensive end. Um, as far as guys, they might look to move up with, uh, I mean, I don't know how far he would fall. It seems like he's going to go top 20, but if he were to be in like the 25 type range, I consider moving up for uh, Derek Lively. Um, and I'm not even the biggest Derek Lively fan, but I think that he makes a lot of sense at the Nuggets specifically because, um, like I said, with the rim protection, um, I think he's a really good passer to cutters and in that sort of movement offense that the Nuggets run. Um, I think he would make a lot of sense. And because... Um, outside of the like passing and cutting that he does, he doesn't offer a lot on offense, but I think that um, those two skill sets really, um, you know, complement the, the Nuggets system. So that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, but assuming they don't trade up and they just stick with pick 40, uh, who would be some of your like ideal picks for them, CT? Yeah, I think, um, you know, going back to the trade up option with, uh, you know, I think you guys made uh, great suggestions. Um, if the Nuggets were, to get to, were able to get Dariq Whitehead, I think that would be another home run pick. Um, and if, if NBA teams are willing to let him fall to the second round, I think that's that would be malpractice. Um, I think for me, you know, always trust in, in guys that are going to get healthy, especially with, you know, how modern, um, how modern you know, injuries kind of work, is that I, I feel like, you know, unless they're, like, debilitating, I feel as though, like, you could really recover uh, from those injuries in a certain amount of time, like, Michael Porter Jr. was a guy who, like, teams didn't think would play again, and he's a contributor on finals team. So I don't think Whitehead's injury is that, um, you know, that serious. But for me, like, I think the injury aside, like, you're getting a guy who's, like, a top 20-ish player, even higher than that, I would say, with upside. So if he were to fall into the second round, I think that would be a home run pick. Um, but, yeah, to go back to your, your point about, uh, you know, pick 40, um, I think for me off the bat, I think the Nuggets' biggest needs, um, as someone mentioned earlier, it's ball handling off the bench. Um, Bruce Brown might leave this offseason, like we said before. Um, he might get a, a bigger deal, uh, and deservedly so. But the Nuggets just ha didn't really have that many other ball handlers other than Jamal Murray. And that's kind of a problem because you saw at times in the playoffs, Murray would get worn down um, and tired. And there's only so much that him and Jokic could do as ball handlers out there. And we've seen Gordon do it a little bit, but um, and Bruce Brown has basically acted as a point guard off the bench where you can kind of play him with Jokic in that way because you don't need a traditional point guard to run offense with Jokic. And we're seeing that this year um, compared to years past when the Nuggets had like a more traditional guy. But you could run, you know, point guards who are more defensive oriented, um, but just could, you know, make simple entry passes and kind of run, you know, a little bit of pick and roll. 
Uh, but for me, the guy I, I like at 40 that's my number one option right now is Julian Strawler uh, out of Gonzaga. And I think he's going to be in that range where, you know, really, really dynamic shooter. Um, someone whose defense isn't necessarily the best, but I think we're seeing in these playoffs right now, having guys who are about 6'5 and above uh, is basically the way to go on the perimeter where a lot of these smaller guards who are defensive liabilities, uh, dare I mention D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, like some of those guys, like really, really tough to play those guys in a playoff setting if you're serious about like getting to, you know, a finals. Um, and again, like I think like a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, not really the tallest guy in the world, but he has a really long wingspan to compensate for that. So I think we're seeing guys who are like in that 6'4 range with, um, you know, longer wingspans be, you know, pretty playable, you know, in the playoffs. And um, like Jamal Murray is like the smallest guard and then obviously 6'4 and then everybody else is taller, like a Bruce Brown, a Christian Brown, a KCP. Like those guys are really lengthy defensively. And Julian Strother for me, like the indicators that I really like about him is he's a really good rebounder for a wing. Um, and again, he's very slight, but he's got, he's not really that athletic, but he could, um, you know, he's got the height and he's got the length to really compensate for that. And, and pairing that with, with his shooting ability. And I think he's improved defensively this year uh, a good amount. So I think he's, uh, for me, in that range of like a first round prospect. Um, but if the shooting hits and he's decent enough defensively, I feel like we could get a really, really good uh, player that would return first round value if you could get him at 40, um, say on like a two-way contract or maybe put him on the bench as like a 15th guy. So um, interested what do you think? What do you guys think about Strawder? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Strother guy. I think I have him 24th on my board. Uh, I think he's uh, just an awesome shooter, awesome finisher too. Um, defensively, I have major concern to the off ball, but I think he made major strides as an on-ball defender. So um, I definitely, you're not the first person either to bring Strother up um, with like a late uh, first or early second type range. Um, a lot of people seem to like him for their team. Just one of those guys where I think you feel really confident that he can play rotation minutes. So uh, I like that pick a lot. Uh, Cooper, do you have anyone else that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, somebody who I don't I don't know his range, but I would love to see Alex Fudge here at 40. Um, I think Alex, I, he's just an elite defender. I think he's a better event creator than he got to show this year. I think he was really unhealthy and also like playing next to Colin Castleton wow <laughs> poor guy but um, good thing Bryce isn't here to uh, scream at me for saying that but I I think if anybody is going to be able to make fudge into an offensive player I know I just talked about with Holmes like oh play being able to play without Jokic but I think that the defensive value he brings as a four and the only offensive skill he has right now is cutting right and there's flashes of other stuff they're really like out there flashes that like he needs a lot of time and a lot of development. I think he can at least get playing time cutting and defending next to Jokic, filling that hole. And then maybe he actually like, Oh, I can hit a corner three sometimes. Or he, you know, the other, you know, out there parts of his game really start to come together because he's playing next to somebody who actually makes him, you know, an NBA level player. Um, I mean, other than that, it's like, is city Sissoko in this range? Does he, is, is he able to fall to 40? I don't really know, but just another funky connector. He's strong. He can get out in transition. I, I don't know if he's like a ball handler like that, but he brings a different look to this team at least. Right. Like there is just such a strong connector who when combined with Jokic's ability to just create an advantage at will 
uh, and like there is always a second side to attack when Jokic is on the floor and city would like perfectly thrive off of that. Um, so I, I think especially around 40, if you can just get guys who can, you know, have a much expanded chance of playing off of that guy off of your guy who is like the engine in the NBA, uh, and really allow them to show off their talents. Um, I think that would be, you know, a, a better usage of, of a second rounder. I, uh, Cooper, I just want to interject too. Um, you know, I think uh, Sissoko and uh, Fudge that you mentioned, I think if you really watch the um, the Nuggets bench and what their identity is, is they have a really switchable lineup when Jamal Murray's not really staggering, but you can switch with Jamal a little bit depending on the personnel. Um, Malone really discovered this year that with the bench used to be, you know, maybe playing like a Zeke Naji. Uh, DeAndre Jordan wasn't a switchable big. Basically, they went away from that and they played a lot of uh, Aaron Gordon at the five where your switchability in that, in that lineup is really, really beneficial uh, next to a Jeff Green, next to a Christian Brown, you know, Bruce Brown as well. Like you have a, four switchable defenders and that was something Malone discovered later in the year. And it really paid dividends, especially in that Sun series, you know, going against KD and Booker, it really wore them down. Um, so I think, like you mentioned, I think Fudge and I think Sissoko could be options to be switchable. Uh, Sissoko a little less, but Fudge definitely is more of a switchable guy where you could put him out there and he got multiple, uh, multiple positions. Um, and Schroeder, again, like he's got the height to do it. I wouldn't be that comfortable switching him onto like a variety of different guys, but he could do it just because he's pretty tall and lengthy. But um, yeah, I think those three options like would be really good. But yeah, interested here with Stone. What do you think about the uh, about pick 40? Yeah, uh, so I actually have five names. Um, I'll rattle them off sort of rapid fire. So we don't spend too long on this. Um, and I'll give it like a brief explanation. You could tell me, you know, whether you love him or hate them, it doesn't bother me. Um, the first one I had was Terquavion Smith. Um, he's obviously very high on my board. Uh, I think that he sort of fills what people might have been hoping um, Bones could have been for the Nuggets. Exactly. Uh, I think he's, yeah, definitely like this tough shot maker, especially from deep. I think he's improved his playmaking a bit and his finishing. Um, I think he just offers the other sort of ball, backup ball handler and guard option you're talking about. Um, while just giving them a different look as this guy who can get his own, uh, which I don't feel the Nuggets have a ton of off the bench right now. Um, the other guy, I think you shared this uh, love for this guy as Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, yep. He's to me, like I can't miss type guy. Um, I think he's just extremely useful uh, on defense on the perimeter. Um, and you know, especially with the, the cutting and the getting downhill, like, I think it makes a lot of sense to the nuggets. A lot of guys do actually, that's why I have five of them. Um, the other guy, his teammate Coleman Hawkins, um, he, to me, uh, is just one of these guys that can fit like in every offense. Um, I think that he, provides a level of spacing and passing um who if Jokic sits like he can sort of play this pseudo high post um offensive role obviously he's not Jokic I'm not comparing him to that but just I think he can play in this backup role where you don't lose sort of what the system is uh with your backup options um the other guy uh, Jaime Hawkes um I'm highest of him out of us three uh but I think that he um can provide just a lot of different areas as like a micro skill type guy um he's not going to be a huge difference maker on either end of the court but i think he's just a steady presence off the bench for you uh and the last guy um i'll mention is jordan walsh where i think he is 
very one-sided right now. Uh, I think there's offensive potential uh, within him if you watch a lot of his high school tape. And I think, you know, if anyone can unlock that, it's going to be Jokic and the Nuggets. Um, but he provides a lot of, you know, defensive uh, play, uh, both on the interior and on the perimeter. So I think that he makes sense too. All these guys have different ways. I think they affect the Nuggets, but they all sort of make sense because the Nuggets just can make anyone work. Um, so if you love him, hate him, give me your thoughts. And if there's anyone else you want to shout out before we move on, feel free to do that too. Yeah, no, I think, I think you had a great, you guys had great, great suggestions. Um, yeah, I think for me, I would probably put uh, Turk, Wavion, and, and Terrence Shannon and Walsh probably my top three for those guys. Um, you know, Shannon's a guy that I feel like draft Twitter has been really high on for the past, like, however many years he's been in college, the past three years, four years, whatever it's been. Um, but I, I feel like this year is finally the year where he broke through and showed a lot of the requisite traits to make him – that's made him such an alluring prospect over the years. Um, I feel like his uh, creation ability has definitely, you know, improved. Uh, especially from a standstill or pick and roll action as well. Uh, he's got to sharpen the right hand, you know, more uh, what we've seen, but uh, his ability to get downhill is just really, really impressive to me. Um, you know, hard charging guard, uh, very physical, very athletic too. Um, and again, he's not going to be a guy running a ton of pick and rolls, but if you could have him, you know, cutting off the ball, spot up shooting, um, you know, rebounding defensively and offensively, I think that's, that'd be a really good role for him. Uh you know, assuming he comes out into the draft, which I, for me, if I was him, I, I would this year. I think the class isn't really as strong in that, you know, uh, 20 to 40 range where I think it's, there's a lot of overlap in the skill sets and, um, you know, players where it's not like one guy's like really that far ahead of the other. So I think he'd be, I would get, it would give him a guaranteed deal. Um, next trick way for me, like, like you mentioned with Bonson, I think it's a spot on uh, kind of comparison there. Um, Turk Wavion for me, like, I really like his ability to shoot from, from the outside and, um, you know, someone who's got like pretty deep range, uh, you know, pretty quick in pick and rolls. And again, I think his passing is somewhat hit or miss, but, um, you know, a guy who can fill it up in a hurry. And again, you need a guy like that off the bench. Uh, I think there's probably questions about his playoff viability defensively, which I, I think is, you know, pretty legit. But, um, if you're looking for a guy who can just fill it up off the bench, um, and, you know, putting him next to a bunch of switchable defenders, I think that would be pretty beneficial for, for anyone's bench, you know, off the bat. And then Jordan Walsh, too, I think offensively is going to be an issue um, for sure. But I think he's got a good enough base of he's good. He's a decent connector. He could pass the ball, um, could rebound. Um, again, the shooting is, again, hit or miss. really not that great. But from what I've seen from especially in the tournament, I really liked his play. And I think he could be a plus contributor on a roster. So. Yeah, for me, like, I, I really like the guys that we outlined. I think they'd be fits, um, you know, especially off the bench. You could – and most of them you could plug and play right now. So I think that's the allure of those guys too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to ask you about undrafted free agents. I feel like some of these guys could be that. Um, and then there's also, like, do the Nuggets really want to, you know, invest more in these young guys? They have, I guess, the third two-way coming up. Um so if you just want to shout like one or two names that you think might be interesting um, that they could throw a two-way at, uh, feel free. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, for me, number one would be Reese Beekman. If he stays in the draft, uh, point guard from Virginia. Someone for me is, you know, he played next to uh, Kia Clark this year at, at Virginia. And I, to me, I didn't really like the fit that much, um, you know, especially in that last game when Clark had that error in the tournament. It was just such a, a crazy thing that happened. But Beekman for me, if he were to be like operating as the sole guard out there, I think he could, he could do it. Uh, I think there's, you know, maybe some concerns about 
the playmaking. But for me, when I've seen him run pick and roll, like I, I, with a space floor, um, especially in the combine, I, he played in in the scrimmages. So for me, like I I really liked what I saw. I just have to remember, I knew he played in the scrimmages, but yeah, he really um, like I thought he shined in the scrimmages. To be honest, he was one of the guys that I, that for me I took away as uh, you know, being impressive out there and, and having a space floor, I think would do wonders for him. I think he's a pretty good shooter. Um, really good defender at the point of that point of attack at six, three. And something for me, I think the nuggets need, you know, another guy out there who could guard ones and twos. Um, and someone who could kind of set up the offense, but yeah, Beekman for me would be a, a target. And then, um, probably another guy I could throw out there would probably be, uh, Trey Alexander from, uh, Creighton. If he stays in the draft, um, which I actually heard from a couple of people that he is leaning toward, um, you know, 41% shooter played next to, um, you know, another point guard at, at, at Creighton and Nemhard, um, who transferred out. So could be in his best option actually to go back and be like the sole point guard there next to Shireman and, and Kalkbrenner if those guys get back. But yeah, I really like Trey Alexander as, as a guy who's a decent defender, you know, pretty good shooter as well. Um, so he'd be, those would be probably two of my undrafted guys that I would, uh, be, really be looking at you know, if the Nuggets um, kind of use that third two-way. I mean, leading into uh, the small guard bit, uh, if you want somebody to replace Gillespie because he pisses me off, uh, you know, you could you could go with Kendrick Davis uh, out of Memphis. Uh, I think he can at least actually shoot the ball, like off, off ball. He can play a little off ball. I think he can also, like, mismatch hunt and really, like, exploit defenders who are bigger than him in a way that a lot of guys, like his size, kind of struggled to do um like as much as he is my arch nemesis i think he does actually have skills uh that could you know make him uh you know able to actually like draw advantages at that size at the nba level and i have no idea if he's what like if he could reach udfa uh but i would love to see them get mike miles um just a guy who fucks right at the end of the day mike miles kicks ass and he hustles and he's got grit and he's got everything that you could say about somebody that like makes you sound unprofessional and like you're a radio sports broadcaster. Mike Miles has got it. Uh, and I, I, w- I would love to see him on this team. Those are all good answers. I think, uh, is there any worst case scenario CT for this team? Like, is there anything that you would just be like, Oh man, that really sucks. And you'd be kind of devastated because Right now, it looks like they're just rolling and, and not much can really go wrong for them. Yeah, the worst case scenario is, it would be us losing the finals. Just for us to get there and lose the finals would be uh, would be something. Um, but yeah, I think the worst case scenario would be losing Bruce Brown. Because um, I think he's he's been a really vital piece of what the Nuggets have done. Uh, he's really like shifted the Nuggets attack as far as being more perimeter oriented. Um, from the guard spot, being more defensive. Uh, you know, he's a good shooter this year as well. Someone who actually got into the paint a decent bit too. Um, so they, they would definitely lose. Uh, and he was, he was durable too. When Murray was out for rest, um, he was the starting point guard at times and he was really good fit next to Jokic. So I would definitely miss, uh, you know, miss his contributions if he were to leave. Um, yeah. Another worst case scenario for me would probably be like trading pick 40. I think they could get another good player at, at that spot. Um, you don't want to make too many rash decisions, uh, especially coming off a of finals appearance. Um, definitely would uh, for me I would run it back regardless of the result in the finals um, but you just don't want to trade picks away and I, I think last year like we saw the August actually you know traded in to get another pick in Peyton Watson and you're just going to need guys who eventually you know you could win on the margins with you know Christian Brown was a win on the margin uh, KCP another margin win Bruce Brown Peyton Watson even though again he didn't get 
that many minutes this year. I, he showed flashes of having a long-term future and somebody that the Nuggets could use going forward. Um, so again, I think, you know, keeping the pipeline going with, with young talent um, is something that I think a lot of teams uh, should do, but in the Nuggets case, especially, you know, they, they have a relatively young roster, but just adding more guys to the pipeline that are playable, I think is, is something that would be, um, you know, really helpful for them. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Um, and then conversely, like, uh, best case scenario, I assume it's just do what you're continue to do what you're already doing. Um, like, I don't know how you get better. Is there anything you, any way you see that happening? Yeah, the best, the best case is, you know, winning the finals. That'd be great. Uh, first one in the franchise history. I think, I think Jokic and Murray and those guys deserve it for sure. Um, especially with all of the, uh, you know, the injuries that have transpired and Jokic's story for me is, is like pretty incredible from a draft perspective as someone who's a second round pick. I mean, for me, obviously, I think would be the best second round pick to ever play the game. Uh, you know, Draymond second probably, but um, yeah, winning the finals for sure. And I think just, like I said, building upon, you know, getting younger players in the pipeline, one more guy would be great, um, you know, to add because you need to keep that going. Um, and not, not make too many rash decisions, run it back again. Like I think the Nuggets have a great core that's pretty much locked up for the next like four years. Um, if you count Jamal Murray, you know, signing that extension this offseason, which I, I hopefully he does. Um, yeah, like run it back again. You got, you know, Murray locked up for two more years. You got Porter Jr. locked up till 2027, I believe. Jokic just signed a recent Supermax. You know, Aaron Gordon is on a, a pretty good contract and, um, you know, KCP signed his extension. So, yeah, I mean, I just keep running it back and, you know, see how, how it could go. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's too many ways you could really, like, mess up the offseason. Because I think last offseason, like we mentioned in our last year podcast, um, like that was a really pivotal one. You know what I mean? Like Jokic was coming off uh, – a series where he lost in five games to the Warriors and um, now they're in the finals. So, um, but yeah, don't make too many rash decisions. Just keep it the way it's going and uh, you know, maybe add a player in the draft and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, th this team is fairly young. How long do you think the success can keep going? Like how long do you think they could just keep this team together and keep contending over and over again? Yeah, I think as long as Jokic wants to continue playing basketball, um, you know, he signed for the Supermax last offseason, like we just said, but he's been, um, you know, he signed until I believe 2028 20, around there, something like that. So he, I mean, he's only 28 right now. So I think he's probably still got another two to three, con two to three contracts in him. Um, so again, as long as Jokic and Murray, I believe are still on the team, I think this team is still, uh, you know, in contention. And again, I think Michael Porter Jr.'s swing piece is like, we're seeing this year, you know, he's really improved defensively, uh, you know, dynamic shooter, um, someone with, you know, who's 6'10", who can really, you know, uh, alter shots as a shot blocker as well. Um, so I think if those three guys stay in the fold, you know, obviously Jamal and Jokic being the face, uh, if they could stay, I think the, the team's future, especially with their contract situation right now, like, I think there's no reason for this team that they can't contend for the next five years plus maybe. Um so again, it's, it all hinges on Jokic, obviously, as the guy. But um, you know, again, and injuries provided as well. You know, uh, Murray and Porter Jr. were out the past two years, so that's always going to be an option. Um, but as long as they stay healthy, uh, and like we said, seeing their contract situation, I think this team's future is bright, and they could remain in in contention for a while. The fun fact, um, you know, there is a current superstar on the Nuggets. Uh, Jamal Murray is the same age as current draftee. DeAndre Williams so um, just a just a fun you know we'll we'll put it into perspective uh, how 
just insanely young this Nuggets team is. That or is insanely crazy. old DeAndre is. One of the two. True. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe they should draft DeAndre just so so Murray has a friend his age on this team. <laughs> that would be pretty wild. Um, well, CT, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming back on again. I think for the third year straight now, uh, I know we talked through the spaces and we talk in DMs and in chats and all that, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so go ahead, just like plug yourself, um, tell everyone where they could find you, what you're up to. Um, and we look forward to having you back again. Yeah. First off, thanks guys for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Always, um, you know, great talking with you guys. Um, yeah, you guys could follow me on Twitter at ctfazio 24. You know, I've been tweeting some of, uh, we've been doing some spaces for the nuggets, uh, you know, as they progress in, in the playoffs, uh, if you didn't listen to me and Stone had a couple of them out there, I think, you know, th- those turned out pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'll probably have a big board or two coming out before the draft. I've been slacking on that, but have, uh, you know, some catching up to do with some, some prospects, but uh, I feel like I've got a good base right now. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And I'll probably have an article or two out before the draft. Um, but again, you know, thanks guys for having me on. Uh, it's been great having this yearly tradition doing the nuggets for the past, I think three years now. Um, so it's been, it's been fun. Uh, always looking forward to, to doing these episodes and uh, keep killing it guys. You guys are doing a great job with the draft content. For me, I, I think you guys are the, the best podcast out there. So uh, keep up the great work. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for uh, for joining us and, and for listening. Um, Coop, thanks for coming on as always. Um, you could find, uh, as as Coop, as uh, CT said, you could find him at ctfazio24 on Twitter. You could find Coop at Alley underscore Oop underscore Coop. Uh, you could follow Bryce at BryceHendrick14, even though he's not here. Um, you could follow me at report underscore court. Obviously, follow the upside swings wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter uh, and check out our website because we've got a bunch of great stuff coming out there. We're just cranking out all the content. Um, so you could follow that upsideswings.com. Um, thanks again, CT, for coming on. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, I'll try and do the Bryce outro. Uh, we are the upside, seeing, upside swings uh, podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thanks for listening. Bye. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.